Good morning, Providence, and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast by Providence Church in Omaha, Nebraska. My name is Gabriel, and today I'm joined by my friend Andrew Rutten and my other friend and coworker Jordan Fichter, who is our college ministry intern and serving teams coordinator. You might recognize her from Sunday morning. She's normally the one running around looking frantic, trying to get stuff done. Jordan, welcome. Can you give us a hello for... Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And today we're talking about um, a semi-misunderstood or often just like forgotten topic within the church, although we do use this word quite a bit. Um, We're talking about discipleship and specifically what is it, um, what does it look like and why does it even matter? And the reason we've had Jordan do this is she's she's just a very good discipler in our church. Uh, You can always find Jordan with a flock of younger Christian, mostly women all primarily women and um you know they're just following her and you know uh learning what it looks like to be a christian through her um and so jordan i i really uh love that you started off your blog just simply defining like what discipleship Mm -hmm. is like what the word actually is um and i think you pulled this from webster maybe i think so yeah webster dictionary.com something like that yeah and it's simply defined as a follower or student of a teacher leader or philosopher um, and so you kind of tell this story about how you were discipled through a few different things. Um, but the first story you tell is that you talk about uh, following a supervising teacher and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. So how did that sort of teach you a little bit about what discipleship is? Yeah, I think mainly it gave me a glimpse into discipleship because I was saying, hey, this is the one person I have as a resource for who I'm going to like learn from, who knows their stuff already. Um, and so they were my go-to person. And so I um, had one student teaching placement here in the States and then had another one um, abroad in New Zealand. And I would say my New Zealand experience was more of a discipleship relationship because I had no idea what was going on. They mm. do school a lot different there. And so I had to turn to my supervising teacher quite a bit to say, how do I do this? What does this look like? Um, and instead of just explaining it, she would very much just be like, okay, watch me do one lesson and then you'll do it tomorrow. And then she would like throw me into it. So mm. what, what subject was it that you were? Um, both of them were all subjects and specifically in oh, okay. New Zealand, it was like math, social studies, science, and even specials. So like art, PE, all that. So I was Whoa. doing all of it. Wow. That sounds <laughs> like a bit much. Um, it, so as I was reading that, I mean, I think it's fair to say, uh, and maybe you guys can chime in on this. Is it fair to say that everyone is sort of almost being discipled by like someone, like we all have someone that we're looking up to and taking our cues from? I think so. Yeah. I think if you just think about how our culture is like wired, we're always looking to something for our influence. So whether that's like social media or like news or our parents, whatever it is, we're looking to someone to say, this is how it should be, or this is how it should go. Mm. Um, just kind of like innately looking for that. Yeah. And I think even, um, even with uh, the sources of media that we take in, right? So if you are always watching the the same uh, news source, they're going to have right. some way that they, even if they're not in, leaning one way incredibly far, they have a way that they communicate things, a way that they talk about issues 
that you're naturally going to pick up because you're you're just intaking that. Um, same thing with if you're into to some sports or, or some team and you're listening mm-hmm. or watching the same commentary or the same uh, articles being written by the same person, they're shaping the way that you're thinking about a certain subject. And then like you said, whether it's then parents, teachers, friends, if you're around people and you're hearing and seeing the same types of things often – that does naturally shape us, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, I, I've noticed this, there's certain people that I'll be around uh, where if I'm around them for long enough, you kind of notice you pick up either little sayings or mannerisms or, or little just quirks that they have, you kind of pick them up. And I think that's kind of this idea is that um, we naturally do that. We naturally just pick up things from people that we're with. Um, and then on a, on a bigger scale, yeah, I think we're all, wherever you try to find um, whether it's in your job or a hobby or whatever, we're always hearing things or looking to someone um, to give advice or to give thoughts or to give uh, the way that something should go in their mind. And we just kind of pick that up, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, and I think it happens too, sometimes without us even knowing. So yeah, like we pick up yeah. those mannerisms or those sayings and we don't realize it until later when someone's like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so or like, oh, did you learn that from this news channel or whatever? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of mm. did. Like you just realize yeah. a little bit more how it is influencing you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, and likewise, in the Bible, like Jesus, um, you know, he very explicitly like calls people to like follow him, which is kind of like a you know, like in a sense, it is sort of similar to how, you know, the world operates or whatever. Right. But in another sense, like Jesus is like literally calling random people that he's just met for the first time right. to mm-hmm. like follow him. And they do, yeah. which is like the crazy thing. And you, you quote Matthew uh, 4, 18 to 22. Um, and since we have a bit of time, I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, and while they were walking by the Sea of Galilee, he Jesus saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat, Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so it's just like radically different, right? Like right. where maybe in discipleship here, you know, you have to show up every day and like, you know, not saying that stuff's not important, but in the Bible, you see Jesus calling people and immediately mm-hmm. they leave all that they have to follow him. Right. Which is crazy. Cause I can't remember the last time I did something like immediately after someone told me to, you yeah. know, or someone asked mm-hmm. me to like, usually the things I'm doing immediately are the things that I want to do. Like, Oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get a sandwich or like, yeah. Oh, I feel like going for a run. So I'm going to go out and run. But if someone were to ask me to do something, there's usually not that like immediate mm. response. Like we see these disciples making. Mm. That's good. Um, and so the second question you pose, so the first one is like, what is discipleship? And I love that summary that you wrote. Um, but the second question is like, what does it actually like look like for the Christian? Um, and so yeah, Jordan, what are some of your thoughts, um, on that? I know you talk a bit about Paul and Timothy and their Mm -hmm. sort of relationship. Yeah. I think my biggest encouragement that 
other people have given me when it comes to discipleship is it doesn't have to be this like big daunting task that's super intimidating and and you're responsible for this person's like spiritual welfare Mm. but it's just life on life and so it's as simple as saying hey i have to go run this errand or i have to go do this house project or whatever it is and asking people to come along in that and then being intentional in the midst of it which i think has helped me and hopefully can help others um, kind of demystify this this daunting task of mm. being responsible for people's welfare, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that you, you kind of broke it down a little bit because it is, we do talk about discipleship quite a bit, um, at least at Providence. I think a lot of churches probably do. Um, but it does seem still fairly vague. And so mm. I appreciate it in your blog that you yeah. kind of try to make it a little bit more just accessible to us because even if, so who's ever listening to this, even as you hear us keep saying discipleship, there might be some random thoughts in our minds. There might not be like, you might just mm-hmm. hear that and think, I don't really even understand what that is. And so, um, I really appreciate the, both looking at, at Matthew, but even just trying to see that, discipleship is is really just us picking up things and being a little bit different because of the the people that were around and so in in their time it was usually rabbis or philosophers that you would just get around you would hear them talk and teach and then you would just start to like model that and you would just mm-hmm. start to live a little bit differently um and it's while that seems i mean not many of us would claim to be like these like spiritual giants that could do this but for many of us, we've been walking with Jesus maybe for a little while, and there's some things that Jesus is doing in us. And so just having other people around us to pick up some of those things for us to just talk things through together. I think one of the biggest things that you mentioned is simply just spending time together. Um, Because like we said, if you're around your friends long enough, you start to pick up mannerisms. Well, if, if Christians are just around each other enough and we're striving after Jesus, you'll begin to pick those things up. So anyway, so all that to say, I, I just really appreciated this isn't some big ethereal idea. It it really is just being around people that are kind of running after Jesus Mm -hmm. and then just kind of picking those things up as we go Mm -hmm. along. Right. And I think it's good when we get to do those, those life on life type things, because yes, it's okay to share coffee with someone across the table, but you only get to share like a glimpse into your life Mm -hmm. and like a small picture. Mm -hmm. But if someone's in my home, like having dinner with my husband and I, and, and we get into like a small argument, like they get to see like how (laughs) we work through that. Or like if I'm working on a project with someone and I get frustrated, they get to see like, okay, how do I process through that? And it's just different than sharing those like small glimpses over coffee. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think I don't I don't know if this is in your blog, but um I got this idea that sometimes you learn more from like a relationship than you might uh just from like the public teaching of God's word. Not that there's like anything wrong with teaching God's word on Sunday. I think that's that's like so important. Right. But there is something you learn in a different way from yeah, just being with people and seeing how they do it. For sure. Yeah. And we we see that with Paul and Timothy because Timothy would have been like one person who was like in the crowd listening to Paul and then Paul takes him under his wing and says, hey, you're my son in the faith and I'm going to show you basically everything I know. And we saw someone move from like just being like in the audience from like a public teaching to like coming alongside mm-hmm. um, this like Andrew said, spiritual giant who has this wisdom and Timothy's just like, help me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gabe, I know that you, 
preached a, a passage about Paul and Timothy recently, right? And just yeah. their friendship and relationship. So in terms of discipleship, as you were kind of looking a little bit more into Paul and Timothy's relationship, was there anything that you got from that that, that could be helpful in the conversation on discipleship? Yeah, I mean, their relationship is a pretty peculiar one. I, it's um, in the passage I had. So Timothy was like his child in the faith, right? Right. But then in this passage I was preaching, he calls him his brother, right? Mm-hmm. So he calls him like an equal in like the gospel. And so there's this sort of progression you see with Paul and Timothy. Um, but I think ultimately like the thing I walked away, it was a passage in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, um, was that like you actually rejoice in like the faith of other Christians, Mm. You know, like you rejoice, like see them grow and you rejoice, um, you know, with them. Like, I don't know. I thought that was pretty beautiful. Yeah. That's great. And I really like that you mentioned that because I think also we sometimes get this mindset of to have disciples is to kind of just have people beneath you for a few years or something. And yeah, Paul and Timothy, I mean, and even you see this with Jesus and some of his disciples. I mean, they become genuine, like friend, like it's, there's like mm-hmm. this friendship there. And even in my life, some of the people that, um, that maybe over the last few years in ministry that I've, you know, tried to disciple in some way, um, most of them actually just turn out to be really good friends, like mm. good brothers Absolutely. in the faith where they're just, they're just genuine friends where, um, at some point it switches from, from me just trying to teach them something to us just walking through life together and kind of sharpening and shaping each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you do see that. And I, I think you maybe, I, I don't know the history maybe as much of the Jewish system or even in philosophy, I would imagine usually the teacher always stays the teacher, mm. but it seems like in Christianity, there's something unique there that the goal is not for you to always just have the same person underneath you and you're just teaching them, but that you raise them up to where there's just a a brotherhood or right. sisterhood. There's just this like familial kind of relationship where, um, where you're helping each other. Um, and I love that you see that in both those examples, I think. Yeah, for sure. And that's different. I have this question for later, but so in some sense, uh, discipleship almost looks like a pyramid scheme. If that doesn't happen, it's just a pyramid scheme, right? Right. Yeah. Like it's, you know, Hey, and you tell the story about people standing up, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. but like, you know, Hey, come follow me and then have some people follow you and then have some people follow you and some people follow you. And it's just this yeah. almost like a pyramid scheme. Right. Yeah. But in the picture of Paul and Timothy, you get the sense that like, no, like we become like co heirs and co laborers in the gospel because like Jesus is the head of it all. Right. right? We're not making disciples of ourselves. We're making disciples of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. That's that's great. And I think that's so. another thing you just mentioned that that's important in this is that sometimes I think maybe without even knowing it, we can get into that model of I'm kind of on top and I have, I have my mm. four disciples right. and then they have some of their disciples and stuff. But while the idea of discipling is necessary and you have to have people that you're actually like pouring into, I think we do need to always remember it. They're not first disciples of us. They were, they're disciples of Jesus, mm. and we're disciples of Jesus. And it is this, when Paul talks about in, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, that they're imitating him as he's imitating Christ. That's the whole goal is that they would become like Christ, not just that they would look just like me and right. that they're my disciples. And so um, I know that most people, when we say that, we kind of use it because it's easy to communicate sometimes especially in the like church world the ministry world we'll talk about like our disciples and stuff Mm -hmm. and i think that's okay because we know what we mean but but we do need to remember that at the core they're not ours you know we're all disciples of jesus um 
And so while Timothy was Paul's disciple, it does it switches to where they're just friends and they're both just running after Jesus because they're ultimately disciples of Jesus. And that does kind of break down the pyramid scheme thing too, that mm-hmm. this isn't just one or two big spiritual giants just leaving this trail of their own right. <laughs> kind of wake of their work. Um, but we're all disciples under Jesus. Yeah, and I think when we keep that perspective, it's good because then I then see the people that I'm discipling as people who can teach me too, you know? Like, mm. they, I can learn from them just as much as I'm, like, trying yep. to teach them. And so when we keep that perspective, it's a little more, like, our, our hearts are a little more humble to say, hey, you have something to teach me as well. Mm. That's, good. That's good. And in your, uh, your blog, you talk a bit about and just like uh, to contribute to this, um, that, yeah, you actually had to be like vulnerable about like your mistakes, mm, mm-hmm. which is generally not how it goes within like philosophy or, you know, you think of these, you know, you want the leader you're following to be like this perfect mm-hmm. God figure or whatever, right? you know, yeah. who Jesus is. Um, but in your like discipling, you like, you've been vulnerable with your mistakes. Like, what has that been like? I think at times it's been really tough. I mean, you want to seem like you have it all together and and you know the right answers and stuff. But then when you think about how like what I'm like preaching or what I'm teaching to them is, hey, you don't have to have it all together because Jesus did. And like getting them to like own their mistakes and own Mm. their sin, but then like finding freedom in the gospel. If I'm saying like, well, but I have it all together and my marriage is perfect and my house is always clean. Like that doesn't make sense, you know? And so I know like when I'm talking to my girls specifically, just telling them like the biggest things, like take ownership of your sin, but then like there's grace over that. And so immediately like restoring them or like restoring each other, even after you confess how you messed up or how you're not enough or are vulnerable in whatever situation. And so that there's not as much time spent on the, or dwelling on, okay, I kind of sucked today, but more like dwelling on like, but God's still good. And that's awesome. And I'm so thankful for that. Man, I think that's huge. I, uh, I had a relationship. There was a, it was maybe three or four years ago. And there was a guy that I was kind of investing in and stuff. And, uh, as he was kind of developing, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but there was kind of this almost, uh, maybe an insecurity in me of like, well, mm-hmm. he's actually going to be like better than I am, mm-hmm. you know, like he's right. going to be, <laughs> you know, he's going to go further than me. He gets yeah. this Jesus thing more than me. he's living this out better than I am. And I could tell there was this sense of like, insecurity and also maybe just jealousy or something in my heart. Um, but I think that's huge where I actually, I had to go to him. I I just felt this conviction of like, I just need to tell him, man, I've, cause then at that point I wasn't treating him out of love anymore. There were certain things that I didn't want to like do with him or teach him or go through with him because Mm. I, anything I was like teaching him, he was like taking and running further than I could. Mm. Um, and that in my flesh, like, really bothered me. But again, if you if you look at the biblical model of discipleship, I think that's kind of how it's supposed to go. Like, you're supposed to invest right. in people that take the gospel further and, and love Jesus mm. even more. Um, but yeah, in, in my flesh, uh, that really bothered me. And but I think even just in that confession to him and, and getting to uh, kind of work through that. I think it meant a lot in his life, but it also just shaped me and being able to confess my sin. And like you're talking about, Jordan, not to have to. F- like have this sense of I need to be um, better or I need to just look good for him or for other people that might see this because then other people are going to know my sin has come out and all this stuff. But um, 
but it is it was huge in his life and it also shaped me in big ways mm-hmm. to just be able to confess because that's something that we just don't do right uh, very often or yeah. frequently because it's a little bit scary um but that's huge in discipleship is to actually be known even your sins <laughs> right right and that's like that's discipleship like you going to him and like confessing that like that in and of itself is what we're talking about in discipleship it's saying like hey this is what i'm called to as a christian and so even though it's like not against like it's against someone who's like i'm super close with like you're teaching him that this is the model that you're supposed to take like going to my brother confessing my sin asking for forgiveness like Hmm. i don't know that's just like such a sweet picture of like that's what we're talking about yeah yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I can relate to your story. You're just like, you know, that pride that just sneaks yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, okay, so the last part of your blog, Jordan, you, you asked the question, why does discipleship matter? And you start off telling the story of um, people standing up. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if you could just tell that story. Yeah. So when I was in college ministry, um, in Ames, at Iowa state, I was part of the salt company and, um, the salt company there's really big. When I was there, um, the biggest it got was about 1200 students. And so oh, wow. our leadership team alone was about 200 students. And so our staff team of about 10, one time in, um, one of our leadership meetings, um, we had our director had them stand up and he asked the question, Hey, if you've ever been discipled or invested in or poured into by one of the 10 staff members standing up, would you go ahead and stand up? And probably like 15 or 20 people stood up in this room of about 200. And then he asked the same question. He said, again, if anyone standing up has discipled you, poured into you, invested in you, stand up. And another like 30 or 40 stood up and he did it one more time. And then by the end of it, like everyone was standing up. And so just that like effect of how um, they were about making disciples who made disciples who made Mm. disciples and how that like keeps trickling down um, and yeah, just the goal is it doesn't stop after one person, but mm. that one person would invest in someone else who would invest in someone else. And then you see like those 10 people then had like a hand in or an effect of all 200 of us being discipled because they were faithful to disciple one. Mm. And so I think it was such a cool picture because you think you look out into a crowd of 200 people, you're like, how am I going to invest and in? how am I going to pour into all these yeah. people? Like that's so intimidating, but it, they were faithful to disciple one or two who were faithful to disciple one or two. And then all of a sudden you're reaching hundreds of people. Yeah. Wow. That's such a cool story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, um, there's this tendency, I feel like, especially as like leaders of whatever, or if you view yourself as like a leader in your workplace or whatever to feel like, man, how am I going to love all these people mm-hmm. and like help all these people to see Christ? And so, yeah, just to realize that you can't like, there's right. some humility in that. Um, you can't do it, but, um, that's okay. Cause it's the work of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. So thanks for sharing that story. That was good. Um, and then lastly, you asked like a super bold question. I thought that we might spend a few minutes just kind of dreaming about like what this actually, you know, might look like for us. And you asked this, it said, what would Omaha look like if Providence had that sort of a discipleship culture? If we like, we viewed this as like a non like optional thing, mm-hmm. like what would Omaha look like? Um, so yeah, what are some of your guys' thoughts? 
I think it would be, I think Omaha in general and our people, it would just look a lot more selfless. So it would look less like, okay, well, I have to make dinner for my family at five o'clock and that's when it'll happen every single day. But like just being selfless to like opening up our homes and saying like, hey, come in, like come be a part of my family for the night, come have dinner for us. Or even if I have to do this project and it's probably only going to take me 20 minutes to do it. Like if I bring someone in to do it with me and it takes an hour, like that's okay because it'll be worth it. But I think in general, it'll just look a lot more selfless. Hmm. That's really good. I, um, I, I think about big, like really, really big picture dreaming uh, of Omaha and just, you know, the, the idea of discipleship is we're becoming more like Jesus. And when, when Jesus is more present in our city, I mean, there's just good that comes. Right. And so, um, people are taken care of. Good is done in the city. We're working to, to have people find joy and life. And so, so on a very big picture scale, when I think about Omaha, if, if, you know, we at Providence or if churches really took this discipleship thing seriously and it, the body of Christ was actually being lived out in Omaha, I, mean, I think the whole city just gets better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just things just start, people just start to find life and joy. Um, and because on, on a small scale, then it, it is exactly what you're saying, Jordan. People are actually living for others. We're living for the good of our neighbors. We're living for the good of the poor in our city. We're living for the good of people, um, around us so that there's this kind of selfless um just attitude and Mm -hmm. and just this love that kind of is just kind of permeating throughout our city and so um and i think it is man i I think it is it's hard to i don't know it's hard for me to even say this because it seems too simple but it really seems to me as simple as um just loving people and just being around people Mm -hmm. like you said just getting around people and looking to how you can love them and love them well, whether it's by dinner, whether it's through having a conversation, whether it's through um, putting some of your stuff aside and just taking an extra few minutes to help somebody next to you, whether it's, you know, if you, I mean, we all see people in coffee shops or restaurants or on the street that you can just tell maybe something's wrong or like there is, you know, and just asking a question, even if it might seem weird, but just asking a question or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's just the simple things of like pressing in to actually care for people around us mm-hmm. and doing it together. Um, and I think Omaha just begins to change when when the church actually kind of owns some of that stuff and doing these things together, I guess. Mm. Right. And just like putting ourselves in the position to be able to have intentional conversations about Christianity or about Jesus. Like if you're not even getting around someone, how are you going to like have a conversation? You know, because then it seems like a little bit weird if out of nowhere you're like, hey, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Yeah. You know, but if you're like... <laughs> a, driving with someone in a car or just like having a natural conversation. Um, I think about a story where I was helping a girl move and I didn't really know her, but we had to drive from council bluffs all the way out to Elkhorn to move. And we're just talking in the car and that's like a 35 minute drive. And so we're just having a conversation. And then in the midst of that, she was having some, some issues with the relationship. And I just got to speak a little truth into like, well, you know, like I believe that's happening for a reason. Like, and we just like got to have a conversation that we probably wouldn't have if mm. I wasn't in that car with her, yep. you know? And so you're, you're allowing, um, the Holy spirit to work by just being 
a friendly person, you know, and that seems like way less daunting and intimidating than opening your Bible and saying, these are all the things you need to do to be a Christian. So, so let me ask you this and maybe we can end here, but the, for the person listening who has heard us talk about discipleship before, hears us talk about it now. And just this idea of just being around people, loving people, whatever, um, what would you say for both of you? What is just a, a first step for somebody who feels like they have never really had a strong discipleship relationship? You know, whether that's somebody that's discipled them or somebody that they've discipled, but you know, to the person who's working fifty hours a week or the mm. stay-at-home mom who's got kids and feels question. like I don't, I'm just trying to keep my household together, the college yeah. student who's got classes and you know other things that they're running at. What would you say? What would you advise for for whoever is listening? If they don't even know where to start, what's a first step um, to actually kind of, as we think about building a discipleship culture, what's a first step for people to take in discipleship? Hmm. I think a great first step would just be thinking about what is something that I already do that I can invite someone into. Mm. So then you're not creating something brand new. You're not putting something else on the calendar or on the schedule. But I can almost guarantee, like, you make dinner for your kids or for the college student. Like, no. you probably go to the gym and work out, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> like, just thinking about what's something that I already do that I can invite someone into. And then in the midst of that, being mindful of how you can be intentional about asking like maybe if they're not a Christian asking like where they're at with anything when it comes to spiritual things or or for someone who is already a Christian just asking them like how's that going how are quiet times and just having like small intentional conversations while you're already doing something that you're going to do anyways Mm. that's good yeah I feel like the people in the workforce um and this is, I guess, speaking from a past experience and then kind of watching how my wife operates, you know, in her nine to five. Um, it's just like, take advantage of your lunch hours, you mm-hmm. know, like, I don't know, like, just go out to lunch with someone, you know, is like not a Christian mm. and like, you know, and do that like frequently. I don't know. I guess that's more along the lines of being like missional, but I do feel like there's a discipleship yeah. aspect to right. it. Um, yeah. Cause like, that's literally everyone has to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. And you can eat it by yourself at your desk, or you can actually just ask someone to go to lunch with you. You know, like yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, well, that I mean, I think if if discipleship at its core is pointing someone to Jesus or helping them grow closer to Jesus, I think that can happen with people who don't know Jesus or you know followers of Jesus. Any, but we're just trying to point people to Jesus and right. show them, like you said, just show them truth and, and just point them there Mm. and and hopefully some of that begins to you know rub off and they kind of catch some of that or maybe for some they believe in that the first time but I do think man I I I love that you guys answered it that way because I I do think that we need a tangible first step and for us to just see that it it is as simple as um, whatever you normally do even if it's you know if it's to start if you've never really done this before just one thing a week like maybe it's one lunch a week or one project you do on a Saturday just call somebody else that you know and invite them to do it with you and then just have a conversation. And and I think that that's a great just start. And Gabe, as you asked the question about what would, you know, what would Omaha look like if everyone just started to take steps like that, um, the city begins to change and the churches begins to change. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you guys made it sound that easy. Cause even for me, that makes sense. I can, as I'm doing things throughout my day, I can, 
you know, just one thing a week I can call somebody into mm-hmm. and start doing that. And so mm-hmm. that's helpful. Yeah. And I would say like, if it does seem unnatural now, or like it does seem uncomfortable now, like after those first couple of times, you'll realize like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of just hanging out with my friend, Yep. you know, and like friendships build relationships grow and it turns into this like less daunting thing. And so I would really, really encourage or really, really challenge the listener to do it for the first time, maybe a couple of times and almost like get used to it just to experience and see it doesn't have to be this really intimidating thing mm-hmm. and in turn can actually like become natural. Yeah. I love it. Um, Thanks for tuning in, Providence. I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions or comments, email info at providenceomaha.org. And yeah, let me pray for us. God, would you uh, make us a discipling people? Uh, Would you create a culture of disciple making, Lord? Um, Yeah, for your glory, for your kingdom, through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. podcast you just heard was recorded with anchor if you want to make your own download the android or ios app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast that's anchor.fm slash podcast